Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we got a busy Monday live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, on a Monday, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, Colin was right. Colin was wrong. Plenty of both. Michael Irvin, Julian Edelman, both stopping by today. We're jammed. Both of us had a good weekend. 10-0 combined on our picks. That was nice. <laughs> but we talk about big games, right? Like, like that's the difference between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Right? For quarterbacks, it's can you play from behind, not with a lead. And yeah. for teams, how are you in these marquee headline national TV standalone games against really good teams? <laughs> not good. God, I can't wait for this rant. Okay, here we go. Two things are absolutely, inarguably, and abundantly clear. San Francisco, when it comes to coaching, scheme, and roster, is a mile better than Dallas. It is real sugar against sweetener. One's fake. Okay, it's not close. Coaching, roster, and scheme, and not close. The second thing, and I'm not sure how close this is, maybe it's closer, but Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott. Stop arguing. Bothered by it? Really? When Dak entered the league as a fourth-round pick, he was better than some first- and second-round quarterbacks. You didn't have a problem embracing that. He was more mature, leadership, mobility. He had the it factor. So I'm supposed to wait for Brock Purdy? He's 10-0. He was severely underdrafted. The kid is good. How good? I don't know. But he's absolutely a more natural, accurate thrower than Dak. Uh, he's cheaper than Dak. That stuff matters in a salary cap league. And now I think he's as or probably more mobile than Dak because Dak's had all those injuries through the years, right? So he moves really well. Dak doesn't. I mean, the other thing is decision-making is arguably the most important trait for quarterbacks. I always thought Dak was pretty good. Pretty's great. The kid always throws to the right person. So anybody bothered by this take that Purdy's better than uh, Dak, go back seven years. 
when Dak had a nice preseason game against L.A., went 10 for 12 with two touchdowns, and Cowboy fans went bonkers. I got crap for a month because I suggested, well, you got Zeke, a top-five defense, best O-line in football. It is a preseason game from a franchise that just moved across the country. And now you want me to wait to say, yeah, Brock Purdy's good. He's 10-0 in the regular season, highest passer rating. If he retired today, highest passer rating in league history. He never throws interceptions, and he's just a more accurate thrower and distributor of the football than Dak Prescott. It's not close. Listen, you can keep giving Kyle Shanahan all the credit, but Kyle Shanahan's a coach, not a magician. He couldn't make C.J. Beathard work. He couldn't make Trey Lance work. Trey was a first-rounder. Beathard was a middle-to-high draft choice. Third round, I think. He couldn't make those guys work. Brock Purdy's good. Now, I don't know how good. Does Shanahan deserve some credit? Absolutely. But on balls thrown downfield, 10-plus yards, and Purdy, that's slinging it. You're throwing the ball down the field. Purdy this year leads the NFL in passer rating, touchdown to interception, and completion percentage. Downfield throws. Greg Cosell warned us about this a month ago. He came on and he said, Dak now is a pocket passer. He does not move well. That's all he is. He's a distributor, not a playmaker. Early Dak could be a playmaker. He's not anymore. Now he's a pocket guy. Well, that was never his strength anyway. It was his intelligence, his intangibles, his leadership, his maturity, his ability to move. Now he's just a pocket guy and not a very good one. 21 picks in his last 19 starts, almost all of them from the pocket. Okay, so San Francisco, better roster, not close, better coach, not close, and a better quarterback, maybe closer. Yes, Christian McCaffrey's great. Christian McCaffrey last night averaged 2.7 yards a carry. It was not about Christian McCaffrey. It was not about Debo. It was about a coach we know that's better than McCarthy and a quarterback now that's better than Dak. It's true. I look at the first 10 starts of his career, all-time ranks. He's first or second in everything. The dude is good. He's accurate. He moves pretty well. He's obviously coachable. He lets it go. He sees the field. He wasn't the only reason for the win. I'm not suggesting that. We know the roster's better, and we know the coach is better, and we know the schemes are better. I don't even know what Dallas's offense is. But Brock Purdy last night... Folks, that's what that's what an A quarterback looks like. Maybe he's not A down the road, but he's an A now, and here's Kyle after. He was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good. Um, but I um, thought he missed one throw throughout the day um, from what it seemed like, just a little behind B.A. in the first quarter on one, and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job. There's a real good pass rush, some tight coverages. Many of those are designed throws schemed throws guess what that's most of the league so were Belichick and Brady they were schemed Josh McDaniels Dante Scarnecchia choreography you still got to make them and Brock Purdy makes them at a higher rate than almost anybody in the league dude is good how good I don't know I'll leave that to scouts but he's good all right the New York Jets Thought they'd win. It was the last pick I didn't make. Uh, 31 points for the Jets. How about that? you got to feel good about that. So everybody keeps telling me this. Hey, Russell Wilson is not the problem. Who gives a rip? Is he the solution? 
The internet's for blaming people. I need solutions. Is Russell good enough to be a solution? Joe Burrow, bad offensive line, and a coach with a losing record got to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow was the solution. Josh Allen, shaky O-line in run game for five years. His record's 55 and 26. He's the solution. Patrick Mahomes, receiving core, young, not that talented. They won again. He's the solution. Justin Herbert, we don't like to coach. He keeps winning. He's the solution. The internet and Twitter's for blame. I don't care. Once you pay a quarterback big boy money, if he's not special, you become the Titans and the Vikings. The Titans have a great coach. Feels like the Vikings always have a world-class receiver. We don't consider them Super Bowl viable. I don't think Russell Wilson's the primary issue here either. But once you pay a quarterback that kind of cash, he's got to be the solution. And I'm not sure he's that. Because you're either part of the solution or the problem once you're making 30, 40, 50 million as a quarterback. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. You are the issue if you're not the solution. Now, does Sean Payton deserve criticism? Yes. He got money and power. And I've said this for years. Power for a few years hurt Pete Carroll. Now he's left the drafting back to his GM, John Snyder. Power has hurt Bill Belichick. He has too much of it. He's a lousy drafter, but a good coach. And now his coaching can't overcome his drafting. Sean Payton came into the building. He didn't have his Mickey Loomis. He didn't have his GM. They retained the other GM, the former, the, the GM that was there before Sean got there. I think he's done a pretty good job, but it's not Sean's guy. And Sean's got the money and the power on the contract. So Sean says, hey, let's go pay for a right tackle. They overspent for it. He can't pass block. That's why I said, the minute you get all the power, you got nowhere to hide. I'd rather have a little less power and say, oh, I got deniability. I didn't do that. It wasn't my, I just do this. That coaches all want power. Bill Parcells, if I'm making dinner, I get a shot for the groceries. And maybe Parcells could pull it off. But it's hard enough to be a great GM. It's hard enough to be a great coach. When you try to do both, Belichick, Pete Carroll, legends, it doesn't work. You see how bad the drafts get. And so Denver doesn't do anything particularly well consistently. Whereas the Jets are not a great team, but to Robert Sala's credit, they're as good as their personnel allows them to be. They're not going to win track meets. They don't have the quarterback or the deep receiving core. But they run the football well because they have good backs and they play excellent defense because they have good personnel. You don't have to win 13 games a year to be a good coach. Do you win or do things well that your personnel allows you to do well? Atlanta's not going to win 14 games. They don't have the dudes. But can Arthur Smith win eight with mostly solid, young, offensive personnel? The Jets do some things very well. It's where their best players are. They have one big-time receiver and one big-time back and a couple decent alignment. But their corners are banged up yesterday. They're not healthy. They're on the road. And they really did what they are capable of doing well, very well. So Sean Payton got the money, the leverage, the power, and they lead the NFL right now, second in the NFL on penalties. So they don't do anything right. And they have some good players. Denver and the Jets are pretty close in terms of talent. Now, Jets have better defensive talent. I think the Broncos have some better offensive talent, more guys that can run and catch. But uh, does Sean Payton deserve credit? Yep, it's a cautionary tale. Be careful for what you ask for.
when you're a head coach. Take a little less money, get a little less power, and just concentrate on what you do well. Here's Sean after. No one cares about what ails us or woes us. You know, they, they want to see production, and this one hurts. This, this, uh, we didn't play well. There obviously was a lot of focus on this game, your USA Today comments regarding Hackett. How do you look at that as a chapter in your coaching career where some people yeah. might say Hackett got revenge today? Yeah, listen, they played better than us. Do you regret, though, those comments, making those comments? As I, I, already, I already addressed that, though, and it's a fair question, but I think we already addressed that the, the next day. Bit of a mess. Uh, they got Kansas City coming up twice. They're staring down the barrel, one and five, one and six. So it is not good, but you have to feel good because I'll say this about Robert Sala, and you, I think you wanted to run him out of town a couple weeks ago. Well, <laughs> Come on now, you have to be fair with Sala. The key with coaching is when a coach takes over an organization, generally it's because the other guy like underachieved in the view of the owner and GM. Okay. So he was obviously not winning enough. So Sala has limitations. Jets whiffed on a quarterback and a left tackle. Well, they're not as good offensively. If Mekhi Becton was a great left tackle, I would think differently about the team. If they had a second receiver that hit, didn't they draft Rondell Moore? Wasn't that uh, their guy? No, that no, was Arizona. somebody else. They, they yeah. had another receiver. They whiffed on a bunch of receivers. Yeah, there was a well, Baylor kid or something. They had yes. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that guy would have been a star and Becton's a star, then I would be more demanding on Robert Sala. But the Jets are good at what his personnel allows them to be good at, and that's good coaching. Lincoln Riley's defense isn't great. That's because most of their good players are on offense and the best quarterback in the country. So I, when it comes to coaching, I don't want to necessarily just see wins. But Denver's got, like, good back, good receivers, an expensive, capable quarterback. They should have a better left tackle. Like, and they're not good enough offensively. So to me, they're underachieving and a, and a really smart offensive coach. The Jets do what they can do well. But there's just some things they can't. They can't win track meets. Well. Don't have enough skill hey, on the outside. Can't do anything in the red zone, 0 for 5. I mean, they scored 31 points, had one offensive touchdown. Like, let's settle down with the Nathaniel Hackett had solved things. He is doing more pre-snap motion, yes. uh, which is freeing up the run game in Brees Hall. But they're limited, and, you know, they got a tough one against the Eagles. The trenches are looking bad. AVT got hurt. Mekhi Becton got hurt. Like, they're in, well, let's, let's, Salah's job is not safe yet. Uh, I just wonder when the Denver fire sale begins. <laughs> well, Jerry Judy, what can you get for him? Well, I, I think you. I think there. I think that's a real question. Like we thought it was going to be Arizona, and it may still be. But yeah. now this trading deadline, Denver's got pieces. The, the problem Den is what do you, what are you tanking for, Colin? What what are you selling off for? Because Russell Wilson's contract is just kicking in. It's like you, it's going to be really tough to move off of him. I, I don't think there's an easy solution for Sean Payton. I don't. I don't know. This is a big lift. I think it's bigger than Sean thought. It's a big lift. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from prime tears. <laughs> prime, I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, it's Elijah Moore for the Jets, not Rondell. That's the one they shipped off to Cleveland. Uh, all right, so last night, Dallas and San Francisco. I thought San Francisco was win. I thought it would be close, 24-20. Uh, I think they have a better coach, better schemes. I had said last week, you're going to see a coaching gap in this game. I didn't think the pretty Dak gap would be that big. But this is a reoccurring result for the Cowboys. They don't win big games. And McCarthy and Dak, in these big games, you often go, wow, they look really second tier. It is time for a reality check. Dak in his career against playoff teams, and I will count San Francisco as a team that makes the playoffs, he would now be 17-28. and 28. When's the last time Dak went toe-to-toe with an elite quarterback in this league in their prime and outdueled him? It just doesn't happen much. So I'm watching Trevor Lawrence yesterday in London just sling that puppy all over the yard. I'm watching Joe Burrow pick apart Arizona, throw for 300-something yards, touchdowns with a bad old line. I'm watching Tua's bad game this year be 300 yards. Dak has become the definition of average. Leading, he has a 103 passer rating. Trailing, at 63. He's just, he's just not a guy that can, after you fall behind, bring anything to the table. So Dak doesn't even, to me anyway, pass the eye test anymore. Uh, his ball accuracy, his ball velocity, uh, he's no longer mobile. He doesn't pass the eye test. And then there's Mike McCarthy. And, I mean, we don't want to beat up on him, but I, I always think this. What is Dallas's offense? Offensive coaches like to show off. McVay sometimes can overthink the room, right? Mike McDaniel can almost get too clever for his own good. Like offensive coaches, they got more tricks than defensive guys. They love to show off. You see it with San Francisco and Miami. By the way, Shane Steichen is using Gardner Minshew to win games. He is a great play caller. You see it with Ben Johnson and the Lions, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, Miami, Arthur Smith is winning games with Desmond Ritter and showing off and giving you tricks. Dak and McCarthy, what what is that? What what are you? I it doesn't pass the eye test. And so Dallas isn't clever, they're not dynamic, they're not fun and they're not showing off. They're boring. It's a boring dull offense with one really really talented wide receiver. 
So I, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I can have disagreements with him, but you know, he was right on that. This offense is a bit of an eye roll. There's just nothing to it. And I was thinking about this this morning, driving in is that the NFL has gotten really smart, really fast. It was almost like baseball, the movie Moneyball. The game in baseball got really smart with analytics really fast. And a lot of the old scouts sounded like dim bulbs in the money and Moneyball. Remember that movie? Some of those old scouts sitting at the table? Relics, Jurassic, dinosaurs. This game has gotten really smart, really fast. Mike McDaniel, Shanahan, McVay. Uh, Nick Sariani, shocking. Ben Johnson, like they're. I mean, this Shane Steichen guy, he's winning with Gardner Minshew. I watched the Colts yesterday, and I'm like, he may call as good a game as anybody in this league could with Gardner Minshew, and they're winning games against good teams. And so here was uh, McCarthy, who hasn't kept up after. You know, the biggest thing is for you know us to be accountable. It was clearly humbling. Um, but it is one game. You know, I should start with me. I, you know, I didn't do a good job tonight. We will clearly acknowledge it, and I'm not a burn-the-tape guy. I, I think that's a crock of they, they, they played extremely well, and, and we did not. And here's the thing. We, we could, I could blame Dak all day. I've never been a huge Dak guy. I, I've said he's pretty good. He's BB-plus guy. For years, I've said Dak is Kirk Cousins with a better brand. And I've said that forever. He's a little more mobile than Kirk Cousins in his prime, much more mobile, but doesn't throw as pretty a ball and as accurate as Kirk Cousins. But their stats are about the same thing. One's the coach, uh, the Cowboy quarterback. One's the Viking quarterback. And the Vikings are always seemingly in the shadow of the Packers. So even in their own division, the Bears, monsters of Midway, and the Bears, the 95 Bears, and the Bears, the great Bears team. And then there's Favre, and there's Aaron Rodgers. And there's the Vikings. They're stable. So even in their own division, they don't get a lot of love, right? And so the Cowboys are a bigger brand, and Dak, to a large degree, is Kirk Cousins, who nobody likes until the Netflix series. Now everybody likes him. We like Dak. But in these big spots, he looks second tier. Here he is after. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. For the record, if Dak had Shanahan, he would be better. I don't think he'd be as good as Brock Purdy because I don't think he throws the ball that well. But some of this is the setup. Game's gotten smart. It's gotten smart offensively very fast. The rules benefit the offense, and offensive coaches love to show off, sometimes to their own detriment. I would love to see Mike McCarthy show off, not run a quarterback draw with 17 seconds and argue, we practice it a million times. It gives you at least three seconds on that. <laughs> I'd like to see some showing off, please. I know humility is important in life, but a little showing off, a little dynamic, a little fun, not Micah leading the way every week. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Let's go to a positive story. A lot of beating up this morning. I know. Let's yeah, be positive. Hammering. Coward just hammering away, but it's warranted. All right, let's start with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal God. against the Rams. Season high, 15 carries, 72 rushing yards. Uh, got in the end zone for a touchdown. Threw for 303 yards. A.J. Brown had a great catch. Well, Hurts was just a warrior. Look at that uh, run. I the, wanted to cover so bad, and they got there for look me. Look at that and it was run. Hurts, man. And the brotherly shove is just automatic. This team is very good. 5-0. and 
it almost feels like there's still a little disrespect about the Eagles. Well, For I, some reason, people don't well, think they're great. I feel like the Niners last night, that's their A-plus game. It right. would be hard to play better than San Francisco. I feel Philadelphia's 5-0, and I've yet to see an A game. I've seen an A half. Even there, mm. Jalen had a pick. I, didn't, I mean, they're... They were a much better team than the Rams, but they really should have closed that out middle third. Well, they, they were dominating time of possession. I feel like Philadelphia, even great teams, last year, Chiefs won the Super Bowl, had a bad game against the Colts, and lost. Philadelphia's had bad halves, bad series. They have yet to play a great game. Yesterday was not a great game. Hurts, at times, was spectacular. Their O-line's just, I mean, just incredible. Their yeah. O-line is so dominating. But what's scary about Philadelphia is they lost Shane Steichen. You can tell they're getting better every week. They're kind of course correcting here, figuring out what to do. But they are so dominant in the trenches. It just doesn't matter if they play well in the perimeter. You could have five drop passes and two drop picks. They're still going to dominate you in the trenches. They can beat you so many ways. Uh, They had DeAndre Swift. Remember against the Vikings, had like 175 yards rushing. Yesterday was a Dallas Goddard game. He emerged. A.J. Brown's doing plays. Hurts. This team only went 2-6 and in the red zone yesterday. Or this is like a 21-point victory, right? Rams in the second half, nothing, Colin. Zero points. Now, I don't want to go in on McVay here. But this is like the third, second half where they just haven't shown up. Remember against the Niners, they played good first half, second half, nothing. Colts, 20, what was it, 21 nothing? Second half, nothing. They got lucky in overtime. They did nothing in the second half. Stafford sacked, I believe, four times. Are they just running out of gas? Like, the Rams are okay, well, but... Well, I, I, I think the Rams look like a really well-coached team with a severe personnel issues on the defensive side. They have Aaron Donald got banged up. So they just, they don't have, they're just a bunch of kids. I think they've drafted well. They've got interesting pieces. But uh, if they can't redo Stafford's contract and and bring on some help, I think they're just going to be limited. I think I think McVay's had an, a remarkable yeah. year of coaching. He comes out of the gate so Ab- strong and well prepared. Absolutely. They probably, you know, I, I know they were looking at Jonathan Taylor, who signed an extension with yeah. the Colts. They want to get a power back. They need to tweak some of their offensive line. They need to go get another edge rusher. Uh, they, they've got some really good young pieces. But the difference between this game and these two teams, Philadelphia's got veterans. They have men. Rams are young. There are a lot of kids on that defense, and they played really hard. They really did to stay in that game until the very end. They played really hard. How, how but you are looking at a Super Bowl team and a team that's largely rebuilding their roster on the defensive side. How about Jalen Carter, the rookie? Two sacks. He, he is a menace yeah. inside. Looks like a totally dominant player. Next up, Cincinnati Bengals finally emerge from the slumber that has been all season, and it was a Jamar Chase game. Come oh, wow. The guy who, remember last week after the game, he's like, I'm always effing open. And then he comes, look at this. <laughs> I mean, just running wild. He had 15 catches on 19 targets for nearly 200 yards. Arizona had two guys in the end zone chasing him. Still got open. I'll tell you this. Joe Burrow. Looked like old Joe Burrow he yesterday. He looked good. He uh, looked I'll poke some holes in the Bengals in a moment, but uh, here they are, uh, Jamar Chase after the win. I mean, we're just taking a step closer to who we really are. Um, you know, like I said, we keep facing adversity this year. This this is not going to be an easy season. Uh, you know, right now we're just taking step by step until the next week. We already knew what we was capable of from jump, um, but, you know, definitely facing adversity from jump. And, you know, right now we're just getting that, getting that wagon going again and moving forward. <laughs> they look good. I, I like this. You guy. know, in that division, it's funny. 
So Cleveland has the best defense with Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, Baltimore's good. They have the best quarterback, arguably, with Lamar. But I watched Cincinnati yesterday, and I and I thought to myself, if you had a round-robin tournament in that division starting now, I'd take Cincinnati. Well, they're in last, but you're right. Starting now is the key word. I, I thought Burrow looked great. He did, but it's, it's Arizona. Well, I mean, Arizona thumped. By the way, thumped Dallas. So how bad is Arizona? Not all of us think highly about Dallas. <laughs> but a quick word on Arizona. So they've fought hard, right? They've been in games. Um, when they lose a turnover battle 3-1, they have no chance. Okay? Their defense is, I mean, they couldn't guard Jamar Chase. There was no T. Higgins. And Chase is still running wide open. I'll just say this. If you look at the schedule, James Conner went down yesterday. That's bad news. I know we talked about Arizona not tanking, but they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, despite how hard they play. They're going to get back in this Caleb Williams thing pretty soon. Now, we know Carolina's bad. But, by the way, Caleb Williams Saturday night, I don't know if we're going to get to him. <laughs> you need him in the NFL. I'm tell- I don't want to go off. I had, I had He's amazing. an NFL general manager text me Sunday morning. And he said, fans may beat up on Caleb Williams because he had a choppy first half. He said he's a better version of Andrew Luck. He said USC's personnel offensively, they don't have a dominant receiver. They have good backs, not great backs. The O-line is okay. He goes, USC's brand is big. You think their players are better. He's like, Washington's got better receivers. Uh, Oregon's got better pass rushers. It's like Caleb Williams is doing an Andrew Luck. There's some NFL bodies around, but that second half in overtime was incredible. And he's only six feet tall. He bulldozed linebackers. Like, that guy is special. He walks into the league. He's a top 20 quarterback. Top 20? Maybe probably higher, probably higher. But I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Andrew Luck walked in. Uh, We'll do that later. But you got to bump somebody out of the top 10. And the top 10 is pretty stacked right now. I'm just saying, if I'm Arizona, you lose this game. Bengals look pretty good. I start Operation Tank, and I'm going all in for Caleb. I mean, he's that good. Uh, Final story. How about Patrick Mahomes? Colin, 27-20 victory over the Vikings. Look at this throw. This was just ridiculous. Well, that was a steal there. Well, I mean, the but the boy. throw at that on the back foot. Yeah. Um, listen, Chiefs looked pretty good. I didn't think it was amazing. Oh, an amazing performance. A nice win. Um, Mahomes has now this. beaten all look at 31 teams. He's running the... forward and throwing it. Yeah. He's Too he... insane. Too bad he can't find Sky Moore on my fantasy team. Um, mm. He's only, oh my gosh, is that right? 28 years old. The youngest quarterback ever to beat every team in the league. Um, Chiefs are starting to you, get... You know where he is very much like Caleb Williams? Both of them mechanically can get a little into the, into the weeds, but they both self-correct pretty well. But Caleb and Patrick, when you showed those highlights at Kansas City... A couple, and then first of all, this throw's impossible. That's that's 45 yards in the air, backpedaling. Most guys throw that, they get chewed out for that. But there's a throw he'll throw here where he's running forward. And your body mechanics, like, like watch this. He's running forward, slings it sidearm. That throw is throw. insane. Um, I, I need to give a couple words to the Chiefs defense. Did you see what they did to Justin Jefferson before he left with the hamstring? So... Spagnolo had a great plan. He's like, we're going to blitz the hell out of Kirk Cousins. We're going to jam Jefferson at the line. And Sneed, like, physically beat up Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. I-, I think he had three catches for, like, 20-something yards. And the kid, McDuffie. It- did he go to Washington? Yeah, Trent McDuffie. Bro, he is amazing. This this Kansas City defense is very, no, very they, good. They have done a really good job. And you can see what Kansas City's doing. They're going to pay a dominant defensive lineman. 
and then they they're going to spend their money on offense the opposite of the Steelers and we know how it works out so when I watch them I just see they look really fast defensively and and when young guys are faster than old guys and they also when they get hurt they heal faster so Kansas City's just got waves of speed here they've drafted really well and a lot of these guys are fourth fifth sixth it's fun to watch yeah and uh, they have Denver in a short week this week uh, Thursday night football Um, who's that you know when you watch London games so I watched the Jags Bills I'm starting to really like London games. Well, I didn't that was a like good game. <laughs> well, I didn't like them for years because I'm like I like to like move into my game, get a workout in. But you know there are worse combinations than strong coffee and football. And I'm sitting there watching the game, and whenever I see a London game or a Thursday night game, one team is off. Buffalo just mm. felt off. Thursday night game, Washington felt off. One team gets it together, travels, but for whatever reason, like Washington wasn't rested enough off the loss to Philadelphia. Mm. And I thought Buffalo, you know, Jacksonville had been sitting there. I imagine they stayed overseas. They're sitting there well, waiting they definitely stayed in for London, their yes. prey. <laughs> Buffalo comes over, gets off a plane in Jacksonville, and it wasn't a beautiful game, but Trevor Lawrence... Dude, it, it's starting to click in Jacksonville. Did you even hear uh, Buffalo players said Josh Allen looked like sleepyhead or he was like joking around about it, but they start the game with four punts. Like, Buffalo? Really? They weren't ready. Yeah, and I... Listen, the NFL is going to take money from streaming companies like Amazon. I get it. It's here to stay. Do I think the quality of those games is good? No, ask Al Michaels. It's not. It's usually not because one team, like, is just at a – they're at a disadvantage. Washington was at a total physical disadvantage against the Bears. And I think overseas, I thought Buffalo just wasn't ready. They just weren't ready to go. So uh, it'll be interesting. I was – not that the herd hierarchy is in my head, but I'm I'm watching Buffalo. I'm like, how is that the number one team in the league? Or is this just a blip, a random one-off? We just have to come to terms with this, is that Buffalo has a defensive coach – like Pittsburgh, like Pete Carroll, defensive coaches, your teams are they're motivators. They play with great energy and passion. The offensive coaches and the offensive leaning teams are more consistent week to week. The defensive teams yeah. are they're roller coasters. When the emotions high, when they're healthy, when they take a lead, they play downhill. But this is what Buffalo's been for three, four years now. On their best, they blow out Miami. And then six days later, they look ill-prepared. Because they're still offensively very Josh allen reliant. They had their worst run game since 2014 yesterday. Yeah. So the run game's still an issue. And I'll just say this. The Milano injury. Oh, that's a big one. On White. I don't think best this is Best corner, super- best I, linebacker out. I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. No, I'm I sorry think you're Buffalo. right. I, I just too many injuries. Well, again, with a defensive culture and coach... This has to be the backbone, right? Like, Josh Allen's great. They're going to win a lot of games suffocating people defensively. Best linebacker out, best corner out. Not the same football They team. put the old safety on Calvin Ridley trying to end the game, and Ridley just cooked him. I'm like, I, I, I'm out on Buffalo going to the Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it happening. AFC's no. loaded. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. How about Oklahoma? <laughs> I don't know how the Steelers are winning. And our Blazing Five, or excuse me, our, I was looking at my Blazing Five. Uh, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong, top of uh, this second hour. Uh, there's a lot of both. And uh, one thing I was really wrong on uh, coming up next. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. 
We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, the ALDS continues with a Game 3 doubleheader on Fox. First, Jose Altuve and the Astros take on the Twins. Then the Orioles battle the Rangers. Coverage begins at 3 Eastern tomorrow on Fox. I think I got too much sleep last night. I don't sleep eight and a half hours much through. Oh, man, going 100 miles an hour today. So 34 nothing Saints over... Uh, New England and everybody, of course, is blaming Mac Jones, and that's fine, but it's time to also start asking questions about Bill Belichick. They drafted three guards and two kickers as the slowest receiving unit in the NFL. They overspent and overcommitted to Juju Smith-Schuster. They re-signed Devontae Parker that can't separate. They can't draft tight ends, so they overspend for them. That's not Mac Jones' fault. Belichick has too much power, and Belichick, the GM, is failing Belichick, the head coach. And I've been on this for years. Belichick is a historian. He slobbers over 1963 linebacker play. He's a historian. He's not a revolutionary. He is Ken Burns. He is not Steve Jobs. This is a guy that gets misty-eyed talking about long snappers. He was asked a question about long snappers and kickers a couple years ago. He went 10 minutes straight and 1,500 words. That's who Belichick is. He's wonky. Brady hit a lot of that. 
Brady did the offense, and so did Josh McDaniels and Dante Scarnecchia. They're all gone, and Bill is unraveling. Mac Jones didn't draft three guards and two kickers. They have no receivers that can separate, and yet they sign and re-sign guys who can't, okay? Belichick post-Tom uh, was overcoming Belichick, the GM, for a few years, and now he can't. He doesn't have any players. And when the few that are really good, Christian Gonzalez or Matt Judon, gets hurt, they got nobody. I mean, the Dolphins are scoring 70 points. New England doesn't have a receiver on the roster, an elite receiver who separates. And a lot of it's hubris. And this happens all the time. There, there were, there's three things to me that have really exposed Belichick. Number one, he lost Brady. Duh. This happens when quarterbacks who are great leave coaches. You got to go find a new one. Ask Miami, Denver. It's hard to replace a Marino or Elway. Green Bay did it with Favre. It's almost impossible. Colts did it with luck to Peyton Manning. Didn't last long. So he lost Brady. The NFL also pivoted to offense. So the things you could do 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you can't. And then Bill got arrogant. A defensive coordinator is offensive coordinator. Bill got arrogant. And I see that all the time. But if you watch Andy Reid's teams and Kyle Shanahan's teams, I mean, they run circles around the Patriots. Miami's averaging 36 points a game. New England's averaging 11. And here's the other thing, is that if you were a linebacker, we always view the quarterback differently and pay them differently. But if you were an edge rusher with some talent, a linebacker with talent, with Belichick, you'd get better every year. Why is Mac Jones getting worse every year? Is he getting less talented? I mean, his rookie year, he completed 68% of his throws and had a 92.5 passer rating and was 10-7. and seven. Why is he getting worse? Because what's around him is getting worse. He's a revolutionary, right? That's what you need. That's what Andy Reid is. And Shanahan and McVay, they're revolutionaries. They're changing the game. Mike McDaniel. That's what happens when a culture changes. You need a visionary who can see around corners. That's not what Bill is. He's a historian. You hear him talking about guys that played in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. His dad was big, I think, in scouting. He's an, he's an academic and a historian. He's not going to reinvent the wheel. They just don't. And so you can, you can bang on Mac Jones, and obviously he's got a low ceiling, but even Bill yesterday acknowledged they're ready to start from scratch. We've got to find a way to you know, play and coach better than that. And so that's what we're going to do, start all over and um, get back on a better track than we're on right now. Coach, when so many things go wrong, where do you start? What, where do you prioritize fixing the problems? Yeah, that's what I just said. Let's start over again. You said you guys need to start over. Um, have, have, have you ever had to do that before, five games in the season, just for reference? I mean, is, is it something new? Yeah, I've done it before. What, what does that entail, starting over? Starting over. <sighs> All right, let's talk college football. I thought Texas would beat Oklahoma. They beat them last year 49 nothing, and Oklahoma came focused – they outcoached them, outprepared them, and outplayed them. Uh, it felt like it was Oklahoma's day, even though it came down to the final play. Uh, for the Sooners, it feels very good. You were humiliated last year. But here's the reality. Neither one is probably going to face a ranked team the rest of the way, and they're going to they're gonna play again. And the Longhorns roster, I'll take that. And revenge now will flip to Texas's side. Texas outgained them. Texas probably wouldn't have three turnovers if they played again. Texas lost on the final play. 
they'll be favored in the next game to win. And so this was a, you know, Texas also beat Bama on the road. Oklahoma doesn't have that kind of win. So when they they face the next time, if Texas wins, Oklahoma's in the Alamo Bowl. Texas has a big road win. That's the advantage of scheduling that and not having Cupcake City. So when Oklahoma plays the next time, all the pressure's on Oklahoma. Texas beat Bama and loses on the final play to Oklahoma. If they beat Oklahoma in any fashion with the win on the road and losing only on the last play to Oklahoma, they'll be in the playoff. So the, the, the season is not lost for Texas. I would argue I'd take their roster right now and their quarterback, believe it or not, and the offensive coach, and revenge is a factor, and the win over Bama. Texas is fine. They just got to win the rest of the games, and they'll be favored heavily in all of them. But this Oklahoma schedule, by not scheduling a big dog, that next time they play them, they got to win that thing. Texas does. Texas has to win, too. But I, to me, Oklahoma, with a loss, cannot get into the playoff. Texas can. They lost at the right time early in the season. They're probably going to face them again. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great, great last drive by Oklahoma. Brent Venables had a hell of a day. They out-prepared them, and they deserved a win. But we're in episode five, and we got like six left. <laughs> we're, we're only 40% through succession. We're not close to the end here. Take a deep breath. Oh, here was Sark after the loss. The promising thing is I know we can play better than we played today, and we will, um, but we need to coach better. Proud of the guys, proud of the way they battled and competed, um, but uh, we need to play better football uh, if we want to be the team that I know we're capable of being. I thought our guys showed a lot of fight and grit and resiliency to put ourselves in position to win a game when we weren't at our best um, against a good football team. Yeah, it's okay. You're allowed to lose to Oklahoma 34-30. They're going to face them again. The likelihood, they're going to face them again, and they'll have revenge on their side. Texas is fine. Oklahoma's better than I thought. Take a deep breath. This is just episode four. There's about five, six more episodes to go. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.